1: I care about Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian so much that I just want their story to continue. I want to experience more and more of their stories. So it was just a great balance of lore and storytelling and action. Welcome back, Basement Bench listeners. This is another Mando Mini, a very mini Mando Mini that I'm cramming into my schedule here. I've been kind of absent on the episode lately because of how busy I am with work, working lots of overtime. It's a very, it's the busiest time of year for Medicare, and that's what I do. I, I work with Medicare insurance. So of our busiest time of year, this is the busiest week. Anyway. That's enough about that. Let's get into actual episode, chapter 13, The Jedi, episode 5 of The Mandalorian. So let's start off, like we always do, with the spoiler wall, which is a spoiler-free take on the film, or on the episode, and then I'll, we'll jump into the spoilers. This is the episode that so many of us have been waiting for in season 2 of The Mandalorian. We've been predicting it. We've been hypothesizing it. We've been waiting, and it was handled so well. It was balanced, and it was fun, and the action was good. The characterization was good. It was done with care like everything else in The Mandalorian is. It looked great. It sounded great. All the things we're used to with The Mandalorian, it just continues. with The same planet-hopping journey. That the child and Mando are on and meeting and fun people, introducing new characters, exciting reveals, and it's just a great episode. There's, it's hard to talk about without spoilers because so much of this episode is around spoilers and things being revealed and specific things happening. So that's the end of the spoiler wall. If I say any more, it could potentially spoil something. And I had a part of this episode spoiled for me and it kind of ruined it. So I don't do that for anyone else. So that's in the spoiler. Well, if you haven't seen the episode, go watch it or just keep listening. On to the two cents, very next segment. And wow, what a perfect title, The Jedi. What else could it have been? We've been, it's the episode with Dave Filoni. It's been leading up to us. We had a name drop two episodes. The title is The Jedi. Which, of course, you don't know until you start the episode. But nonetheless, we got Ahsoka. And what a great intro into live action it was for Ahsoka. Letting her her white sabers come into frame before she does. And kind of toying with the reveal of her with the, the mist and the shadows and, and her sleuthiness. It was fun. It was a great introduction for that. And... So like I mentioned, I saw a spoiler on my newsfeed. There was a photo of Ahsoka, live action Ahsoka from the episode. And the picture was not high resolution. It did not look good. They'd done some filtering or color grading to it. It did not look good. And I was like, really? That's Ahsoka in live action? That's what I've been waiting for? That's what... That's what... We've been devoting an entire section to for four episodes now, and it was really worried. And then I moved on with my day. Finally, came on to watching the episode, and it was perfect. She was introduced perfect. She was used perfect, and she wasn't overused. And Dave Filoni directing, I think, was perfect because he she was used an over well, she was used an underwhelming amount, but the perfect amount. Um, now I'm sad, you know, in my fantasy world that we don't get to see the planet hopping adventures of Din, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, and now Grogu, but I'm also grateful because it's not her story. Ahsoka has had her time. She had Clone Wars, she had Rebels, and I I want her to be a part of this. She can even get her own live action spinoff. I'm interested in her story, but I don't want this, her story to be told through the Mandalorian. I love Grogu and Din, and I'm endeared to them even more after this episode, and I want to continue with their journey. And I, I got to say, again, it's incredible, incredible storytelling and, and television making because I care about Baby Yoda and The Mandalorian so much that I just want their story to continue. I want to experience more and more of their stories. So it was just a great balance of lore and storytelling and action. Of course, the music, visuals, fantastic again. The music was incredibly good. Um, every time I'm watching the episode, I write down notes. I wrote down, whenever the music stands out to me, the scoring, I write down just word music. I wrote down nine times. Nine times. Especially when the three of them were sitting around that lamp. That was a great moment. I don't know. It was just a, a really, really great and well-balanced episode that was a lot of fun. So we'll move on to binge points, keeping this episode very, very short for my own sanity and my own time. I appreciate you guys having patience with me this busy time of year. There's five work days left of it, and it's back to normal, and no more ridiculous amounts of overtime, and we can get back to more consistent podcast episodes. Anyway, on to binge points. Of course, we got to mention, we got Baby Ode, his name Grogu, and it's adorable. His reaction to his name is adorable. The little coos in response to his name is... Oh, I was so worried for his name. And it was just it was just thrown out there so simply. It wasn't showboated. It, it just it's just his name. And a name's a powerful thing, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, here's his name. And you know, it wasn't drawn out way more than it need to be. Ahsoka, through a connection with a force, called him by his name. And that was a respectful and simple thing for her to do, and she did it like it was no big deal. And it was a perfect introduction, and his reaction is seriously the cutest thing. Um, and the little sound effects they give him, like, there's this one that's like, ba That reminds me of Monster Hunter. But it's also just super cute. And especially his reaction to his name. It's adorable. Um, I love seeing the white lightsabers. That was a ton of fun. Seeing Ahsoka in live action was something we've all been waiting for. She's a really loved character in Star Wars. And so much of that is Ashley Eckstein's voice acting. And I really missed her voice and how it brings out the relationship to Ahsoka that we've developed over how many episodes through Clone Wars and Rebels. But Rosario Dawson, she did a great job. That'd be a difficult role to fill. Those are big shoes to fill, and she, she did perfectly. Between the acrobatics, the great duels, all of that was awesome. The way she ignites her lightsabers, the sleuthiness, and almost like the, the swagger the confidence, but also just the charisma, the wisdom, the, the balance between light and dark, but also the, the wisdom in response to light and the servitude to it and understanding so much because of all she's been through. She's a very wise individual, and Rosario Dawson captured that perfectly. But there are some things about in live action, like seeing her ignite her two white sabers together and like peeling them apart, you know, that scene where she pops up behind the two people. It was just so satisfying um, the moment where she changes her grip to reverse grip with the one blade that was sweet and beats the magistrate with her best car pike that was sweet the animation of Ahsoka's blades the fluidness it matched rebels so perfectly um, it's just a ton of fun other totally random binge points we get a great western style standoff between Mando and Lang. it was a ton of fun the same silver ball from the first season is involved, especially with Grogu. Um, the lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and the magistrate is so well done. A short but balanced lightsaber duel. It was amazing. Um, other moments, and Ahsoka referring to Anakin as the best of us. That was a really touching moment. Totally unnecessary but powerful. I don't want to say unnecessary. Very wise and respectful, but loving comment. You can still tell that she's wounded or hurt by what's happened with Anakin. She loves him deeply, Um, but also understanding the appropriateness of attachment and fear and anger. Um, And it's interesting how she's really, truly worried about Grogu and his attachment to Din, which breaks my heart because I want to see Grogu as a, Force master, but I also am endeared to the relationship even more because all this journey we've been on so far has been them together. And although Din isn't the best father, it's a father son story that's so exciting. I mean, the first time we ever saw Grogu use the force was to save Mando. And it's really, really powerful storytelling. Again, I keep saying that, but they just know what they're doing to bring things back, to tie things in to make it relatable and to make it powerful. Um, so yeah, those are all the bench points in here. Uh, I, I love throwing in this little history f- for people who aren't aware of things. So the history lesson from Star Wars lore for this week is where did Ahsoka get her white sabers and why are they white? That is a great story that you would sure watch Rebels for. But if you want the short of it, and I'm, there is so much more to this that makes it amazing. But I don't want to spoil it. I want you to experience it through Rebels the way you're intended to. So to keep it as spoiler-free as I can, again, go watch Rebels. The short of it is that Ahsoka built her own sabers, who, using kyber crystals that she found, they were previously red kyber crystals. And if you don't know, kyber crystals, the way that they're turned red is, so kyber crystals are what make the lightsaber a certain color. Blue, green, orange, now purple. And red is when the kyber crystal, the darks to put it simply, the dark side of the force is forced aggressively onto the kyber crystal until it bleeds. And that bleeding is what turns the saber red. So Ahsoka, being the incredible person she is, on these kyber crystals, she used the force to heal them of that bleeding, and that's how they turned white. Which is just a perfect symbol of what Ahsoka is. Um, She may not be a Jedi, in a traditional way. But she serves the light side of the Force. And it's great. I love the character of Sofka. But like I said, this is a very mini Mando mini. So we're just going to move on to the last segment. Hypothesize with Harrison. So let's get into it here. We, we got another great villain reveal from what originally was an extended universe. And then brought into Rebels. Again through Dave Filoni. He knows what he's doing. With Grand Admiral Thrawn. He was the main villain, if you will, of the Rebels, Um, and if you remember, one or two episodes we go, we talked about Ahsoka, it was two episodes ago, yeah, two episodes ago, we talked about how Ahsoka went out with Sabine to go find Ezra, because Ezra disappeared into the great unknown. Well, the way that happened was he was on a ship with Grand Admiral Thrawn, obviously they're foils towards each other. They're, they're opposing. And so in a fight, they were on a ship that was through light speed sent into the great unknown through hyperspace. And he is a pretty bad guy. But the fact that he is a master of someone leads to two things. One, he's back. He is came out of the great unknown or has some way to reach people after being in the great and or maybe I've got this timeline, well, wait, no. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe I just had an idea that this could be before the last episode of Rebels, but I don't know. I'm getting my timeline. Either way, I'm going to go with the idea that Rebels has already happened. Because so That's easier for my brain to handle right now he and cuz it supports the theory that i was going with the hypothesis grand admiral thron was sent to the great unknown he in eu in the extended universe he grew up in the great unknown in unknown regions and that would be extremely helpful information for the empire that's trying to survive in unexplored space to eventually become the first order and have star killer base and even things in exegol with the Final order and that huge star fleet, and to be able—I mean, like the force is a powerful thing, but you can't just like create starships out of nothing. You know, there's a lot of industry happening for the first order, first order, and for the empire transitioning to that, and so being able to do that in unexplored space, in the outer rim and beyond, through Grand Admiral Thrawn's knowledge would do that. So the question is: Is he back from the uh, great, the unknown region? Is Ezra okay? Is Ezra alive? And is he the master of the magistrate? Or is he communicating in some way, but he's still there? And where the heck is Ezra? And where's Sabine? Sabine and Ahsoka went to go find Ezra together. Where is Sabine? And what about Luke? Is he going to show up? I don't know. I'm really mainly interested in Sabine. Especially, once she's a Mandalorian. And two, she once held the di- darksaber. Like, you can't just not bring her in when so much of that is, seems crucial to this story. We've only got like three episodes left. That is a lot of story that they can tell, but there's also a lot of story that they can choose not to tell and hook us for season three. I hope it's the first that there's a lot of story that they're going to tell. But don't pack it in. They've been doing such a good job at bringing in these characters and treating them with respect but not overwhelming the nostalgia and the fan service. It's so well handled with Karen. I hope that doesn't go away. But at the same time, I hope these opportunities to to introduce these characters and tell really interesting stories and kind of crank up the... I want to choose the right word. Crank up the, the stakes. Crank up the stakes a little bit. Not too much because, again, it's interesting to see a, a story that's not jedi versus the dark side for the fate of the entire galaxy. Like it's it's great to see a fun simple story and I I want the, they they have strengthened my confidence in that they know how to do this. So who knows what's going to happen. We still don't have directors for chapters 14 or 16. We got one for 15. I don't remember his name. It's from back from season 1. He directed the the prisoner episode and the second episode. Um but yeah, 14, 16 we don't have directors yet. What's going to happen? They could do anything. I have nothing to make assumptions or take any clues from. Uh, We got Planet Tython, though, which has a very, very rich history in what I think The Last Jedi could have led to. I'm going to leave it at that. And that's a more knowledgeable and wise balance between the light and dark side. And not in the way the Jedi Council and the prequels viewed it. I love the Jedi Council in the prequels. They'll always be my Jedi. And, and they are my knights in shining armor because of it. And, and a lot of that's nostalgia. But at the same time, their understanding of only the light. And there's some really great storylines in the comics. Um, some Star Wars comics in the extended universe about Tython. I wish I had the, the, the titles, but I forgot them about the relationship between the light and the dark side and the balance between that. And these people who were really the the, the first Jedi, the people who originated the, the relationship with the Force and the idea between having balance in the Force. Like that one episode in Clone Wars, that was in like season five or something. I don't remember. With a father, I forget his name, and the son of the daughter. Very similar to that. Uh, so Tython, that could be huge. Um, also, there was another story, I think it's canon actually where someone used Tython to distract Vader from finding the rebel forces on Hoth. So is that planet under Imperial control or, well, I guess the Empire's done. Okay, is is this planet under control of somebody or is it just at the will of the force? I don't know. Also, is Ahsoka using this, this force beam for lack of better words, as bait for Ezra? Is she trying to find Ezra? Is Luke gonna have a response to this? what's going to happen when baby Yoda, when Grogu is put on this thing um, and he's going to go out there. It also could be Call Costas from Jedi fallen order. I don't know that story too much, but I know that's a great story that I've been wanting to di- get into more. I, don't, I didn't play the game. I just heard it was a really great story that's happening during the same time period during the kind of the rebel during the original trilogy and up to the sequel trilogy that time of year. So who knows? Um, but really, Ahsoka and, and Thrawn really point toward Ezra. I think it's going to be Ezra that's going to happen. So, who knows? There's still so much more that can happen. What about Boba Fett? What about Captain Rex? Is, or is he going to show up in any way? We know he's there. What about Sabine and Captain Rex? I want to see him. What's going on there? What about cloning stuff that I just like totally went off on, on a huge tangent last time? Was all that for nothing? Is Moff Gideon ever going to show up again? What about his Darksaber? And, and, and... Are we going to see a battle between the Beskar Pike and the Darksaber Saber within and Moff Gideon? Because that'd be epic. And, and Ahsoka could be there with her white lightsabers fighting. The Dark Troopers, like, what's going on? Is there going to be cloning? Are we going to get hints of, of Snoke? What about Boba Fett? Okay, there's so much. What is going to happen? What about that one lady played by that one person that I'm so excited right now that I can't remember her name in that one episode of Season 1 that was so descriptive. But the one where everybody thought Boba Fett was first hinted. Where she's tied up. Why can't I remember her name? I can look it up. Yeah, with Ming-Na Wen. What about her? Fennec Shan. That's the name. What's going to happen to her? Is she just done for? I don't know. But at the same time, as excited as I get about all these things could happen, I got to tone myself down and remember, it's a story about Mandu and Grogu. That's why I'm dear to it. That's why I love it. So I look forward to it. Um, Their journey, the adventure, the whole idea to connect everything to Star Wars and the second season of the first ever live action Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus. I think I need to tone my expectations down. This isn't... Going, this second season of this incredible show isn't going to fix all the problems and fill in all the holes in all of the sequel trilogy and connect everything together. Like That's a huge responsibility, and that would be really boring and be a total waste of all the work that's gone to this show. I love The Mandalorian because of Din and Grogu. I'm there for them and for their journey. And if eventually it gets to that, I'm okay with that, but don't rush to it. Oh, look at this. The next line. Ming-Na Wen. What about her character? Fennec Shan. I had it written down. Didn't even have to look it up. From Chapter 5, The Gunslinger. There you go. See? I did write this stuff down. I just don't... There's so many things that they could just tie up that I think it'd be kind of lame to hint and do absolutely nothing ever again. Like Boba Fett at the end of Episode 9. Chapter 9. What the heck? So, I don't know. I'm just really endeared to Grogu and his attachment to Din. And I think that's a really interesting story. And I can tell that Din is starting to have an attachment towards Grogu. And I never want them to separate. I want Grogu to be a master in the Force. And for him to become Mandalorian. And he can wield the Dark Saber. But he's got a lot of growing up to do before that happens. I don't know. I'm excited. I have nothing to hypothesize. I just have things that I hope happen. I, it's, I hope eventually, before the season's over, we get Ezra and Sabine at a minimum. And hopefully Captain Rex. And just some more detail about Boba Fett. But other than that, that's the end of the manual for this episode. I'm running out of time. I'm very tired. I'm working a lot. I appreciate your guys' patience. I'm sorry that I haven't been able to post more or release episodes or communicate with you guys anyway. And I appreciate your loyalty. I appreciate listening and continuing to download. Please don't go anywhere. I'm still releasing episodes. It's just annual enrollment period for Mary Care is ending on December 7th. And so this week is the busiest week of the entire year. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to work so much and provide for my family. So I'm not going to sacrifice that opportunity. But at the same time, I don't want to sacrifice the podcast because I love it. So thanks for your patience. Thanks for still listening. There's more episodes coming. I promise. The Mandalorian episodes are coming. The ranking of my Blu-ray collection, which was supposed to be a celebration of the 50th episode, is coming. And then, of course, so many episodes I have planned. And it's all going to come very, very soon. Anyway, thanks for listening. My name is Harrison. This is the Basement Binge. This is the Mano Mini. That's all for now. Ciao, gotcha. ciao.